Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule, but before we do, guys, it is the week of Thanksgiving, so I have to know, are your Christmas decorations up, or do you wait until after Thanksgiving? Oh, Heck no, <laughs> they're not up. No, that's a strict rule in in our home. You gotta do. You gotta get through one holiday before you can start on the next one. Because the way I see it, Halloween is the little brother. You know, fun, scrappy. You know, just like doing all sorts of goofy stuff and whatever. Christmas, it's like the older sister, beautiful and perfect, and everybody talks about her and all. But if you if you ignore Thanksgiving, you're ignoring the middle child. And pay, you know, it's like you go straight from you go straight from Halloween all the way to Christmas and Thanksgiving just sort of gets ignored. No way. Wow. No. That is I wh- feel like that was a very personal Are you I'm a middle child? No, I'm a middle child. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> I, There's so I'm, many of you. I, I'm my father's second, my mother's first, and eighth in age. So it's very weird and when you have adopted siblings that are older than you. I love it. So much so much is there. Eric, what His about you? answer is so well reasoned and so deep. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I've been that arguing my- with people like for for the last few weeks since Christmas decorations started going up. So I'm like already fired up about this question. Yeah, yeah. Clayton and I realized that we we're on the same page with this in a meeting. Was it yesterday? <laughs> yeah. So I was gone for two weeks and came back and found out that our building has been uplit red and green for like a week and a half, two weeks. I don't, I don't know, but. I shut that stuff down. I, I laid down the law here at the St. Charles South Elgin campus. No Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. Now, I'm sure that there are people out there that think Clayton and I are bah humbug. And if you would like to express that to us, you can email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. But I am with Clayton on this. Wait till after Thanksgiving for your Christmas decorations. Now, at, on the church campus, it's at the St. Charles South Elgin campus. It's a very large campus. We have we have an outside company come in and do some of the stuff. We do the rest of it. So there's already like some wreaths on the building that we're not lighting yet. Uh, some other stuff like that. I can kind of look the other way on that kind of stuff. He just puts his hand but, over his face when he walks by it. <laughs> but can we please just wait till after Thanksgiving? Wait till the Friday after Thanksgiving and then put up your Christmas decorations. Yeah, it's like writing 2023 on your, your you know, something. It's not New Year's yet. I can't wish you a happy New Year's until it's New Year's. It's true. That's how I feel about that. That's also well-reasoned. Nikki? That is. Um, I wait until after Thanksgiving as well. Um, mostly, though, for me, I, I'm like one of, I'm sometimes last minute when it comes, most of the time. I'm not going to say sometimes. Most of the time, I am last minute when it comes up to Christmas stuff. So I Christmas shop last minute. I decorate last minute. It's it's all very. But you, in your very, job, you have to think about Christmas. That's right. Like most of the year, because we yes. end up planning for Christmas stuff, you know, and starting I, like early in the fall or even the summer. Or that's right. Yet. And I honestly think that that's probably a good reason for why I'm, when I, by the time I get to Christmas, I've already, like, I'm kind of. You're already planning Easter. I'm kind of done with, <laughs> that's I'm kind of no, done with already, Christmas. That's yeah. true. That's true. In church world, we're planning yes. Easter at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And Christmas at Easter time. That's just, yes. it's how it goes. I mean, if you're going to be well prepared. Exactly. Yeah. And I would even say we got a late start this year talking about Christmas, right? Like, but I, I do really think that, that, that there is something behind that. Like I am kind of done with Christmas before Christmas even gets here. We've explored the depths of psychology on your two answers. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> we right. The, we got the don't be abusive to the middle child and the, the perils of Nikki's job. Yeah. 
I'm true. as simple as saying this. Should you decorate for Christmas prior to Thanksgiving? No, 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 no. That's awesome. All right, Clayton, what are we looking at today? Uh, we are in the book of Ecclesiastes. So we it's kind of a not a long book, so it's just been the last week and this week that we're in Ecclesiastes. And we're going to actually look at the very last chapter of the book. Um, Ecclesiastes is a unique book because it's uh, in the wisdom literature, but as we talked about on the previous episode, it's kind of the... Uh, the counterbalance to Proverbs. Proverbs is a very optimistic book. Proverbs says, uh, here's how things normally work and how it can work out well. Ecclesiastes says, all right, even if you follow all the Proverbs stu- stuff, which is good, at the end of the day, it's all pretty fleeting. Like it's all going to go away eventually. And somehow you have to grapple with that. So it's a kind of a realism that's added uh, to the idealism of Proverbs. And you need both of those things. So, um, the other thing about Ecclesiastes is it's kind of a journey. Uh, if you've been reading for 12 chapters, you realize you're going through kind of some processing. And when you finally get to the last chapter, there's a little bit of summation here of kind of bringing things together. Um, and that really helps because sometimes you're, you're saying, really, Ecclesiastes, you're going to go there? Like, is that where we're going to land? Um, and chapter 12 helps put a, put a point on it. So uh, we're going to look at that. Uh, one thing to know before I have Eric read this um, the book of Ecclesiastes kind of has two authors, okay? So there's uh, the teacher who's the main person who's been talking most of the time, but then there is uh, an editor who put things together. So you get to the end of the teacher's kind of sayings and proverbs and thoughts, and then you at the end of this reading, you're going to hear the editor who kind of collected and put it all together say, all right, let me tell you the summation, summation of you know, here's the teacher, here's what we think, this is why we put it together. So you're going to hear kind of two voices in this one. All right. And before I read, I will also say that in my community group, we were, we were following along with the sermon discussion guides and in the, in the sermon discussion guide, it had us watch the Bible project video on the wisdom literature, specifically Ecclesiastes in that set of three. Um, So as always, we're, we're constantly referring people to the Bible project videos here on the podcast. If you have not seen the Bible project video on Ecclesiastes, in the wisdom literature section of the Bible Project channel, you can you can get it online. You can uh, there's a Roku. Did you know there's a Roku channel uh, for Bible Project? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, pretty it makes sense. It's pretty rocking. Okay, here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, "I find no pleasure in them." Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the window grow dim, and when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred, then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They are collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. 
Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. All right, let's start with O in comma, which is observation. So let's talk about what you saw in this passage. I saw a lot of symbolism that I'm not sure I fully grasped or understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one for me. Uh, there's just a lot of things here. It's a lot of a lot of poetic language. Uh, that probably has some significant meaning, but I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, the other thing I saw was just these re- repeating ideas of remembering your, like, remember your creator. It starts out that way. And then it says, remember him in verse 6. Um, and then 14, it says, fear God. Or 13, there's fear God. Like it, There's three big things that I thought was interesting. Remembering him and fearing him. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that all that uh, poetic imagery there, especially in kind of verses, you know, two through five. Um, there's a lot of things that it's like almond trees and grasshoppers and all sorts of stuff. Um, we had a, a guest speaker who talked about Ecclesiastes here in the weekend services uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it, it helped to hear someone kind of just walk through and you know say, "Hey, this is actually kind of a description of old age." It's a poetic kind of thing. Um, and even if you're like, well, I couldn't put it together. I read it and I didn't realize that's what it was about. Um, you you get a feeling from it that, especially when you know it starts off before the days of trouble come. And then it's describing a whole bunch of things that seem to be winding down. Things that aren't working the way they're supposed to be. Things that are people clearing out and you know it, desires no longer stirred. You, you sort of feel like a, like a steady decline in those words. So sometimes when you're reading the poetic, poetic parts of scripture, you can't always figure out like, this is exactly what it means, but you get the right feeling. And, and it helps you when you look at some of the clearer statements in the passage to kind of know the tone that's there. So sometimes that, I find that helpful. Yeah, sometimes the right feeling is enough. Yeah. And if you're curious, inquisitive, you can also go to the study notes in a good study Bible. And sometimes it will help you with some of the symbolism as well. One, one of the repeating words I saw here uh, was the word before. So in verse one, verse two, verse six, there's a couple of mentions. Um, It says, remember your creator before the days of trouble come, before the sun and light uh, grow dark, before the pitcher is broken, before this happens. Um, There's a sense of uh, kind of a timeline that that there will come a point when – it's it's getting too late, you know. That there's there's not forever to be able to turn to God. There's a uh, an urgency that says um, the earlier you can do do this, the sooner you can, the better. Because there will the, the it's not you're not going to have forever. That fleetingness is is looming over all of it. One of the things I thought um, was interesting too is verse nine. It says not only was the teacher wise, but he also impar- imparted knowledge to the people. Um, I thought that was. I thought that was special and important because, you know, when we read God's word and we, we pick up on uh, just the, the understanding of, of his will and what he wants for our lives, like it's not something that we're supposed to keep to ourselves. We're supposed to, to share it with people. And um, I think that's an important thing to, to remember. One other observation for me comes from verse 12 of making many books. There is no end and much study wearies the body. Every time I visit Washington, D.C., 
I, I wonder to myself, how in the world are they putting every book that's published in the Library of Congress? <laughs> <laughs> how do you make a building that big? Yeah. I honestly don't understand what they're doing. I, I have to imagine there are digital archives. Does anyone know the answer to this? Yeah, poor I, no, library. I have no idea. Because books just keep on getting published. <laughs> and, and it seems to be accelerating. Right? There are actually yeah. more books being written because people self-publish and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, and the, and the second part of that phrase, and much study wearies the body. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's that interesting contrast of this person obviously loves knowledge, loves wisdom, wants to impart wisdom and knowledge to others, but is also acknowledging there's no end to it, and it's, it's tiresome. And then earlier in Ecclesiastes, doesn't he say, the more you know, yep. the more weight, the more sadness, because yep. you're aware of how broken everything is. Yeah. It's the, the flip side of that coin is ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the exact thing that I thought about when, when, I, when I read that, was go, thinking back to what we had heard in, previously in Ecclesiastes, that it just, it, it can like wear on someone. Yeah. Remember the old uh, NBC uh, like PSAs? They go, the more you know. And there was like a star <laughs> with twinkles. It's like, well, the second half of that is the more depressed you might get. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and yet there's some value to it because the previous paragraph, so he uses this image, uh, verse 11, the words of the wise are like goads. Mm-hmm. They're collective sayings like firmly embedded nails, which um, I, I should probably open up my study Bible in front of me to see if it explains this. But um, the idea of a goad is if you've got an animal who needs to go a certain direction, um, you put a little, you know, little pokey thing on the end of a stick and you kind of, kind of, you know, prod them along. Uh, it's not to be mean. It's just to get them to move where they need to move. And um, and if you've got a good shepherd, they're going to use that stick well to make sure not uh, just to control their their sheep or their oxen or whatever, but to get them to something that's life giving and good and away from danger and so on. So the teacher obviously knows, hey, the the like teaching I'm giving you, you need to learn this because it's going to be good for you. But there's also a level of, you know what? Wisdom doesn't completely solve all the problems. In fact, sometimes it, it compounds how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, the the final sum up statement here is important to, to observe. Uh, it says, now all that's been, all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. So when you see something in the Bible that says, all right, here's the point, <laughs> like it really helps. Um, fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Um, I I wonder if you asked if you asked the average church going person, or just the average person, like what do you think is the whole point? Like what are we supposed to do? How close people would get to that answer? You know, fear God, keep his commandments. What do, what do you guys think about that? I think my answer depends on what country I'm in. And, and what I mean by that is I think American Christians would probably talk more about knowing God's love, loving other people, which is a legitimate answer too, right? When Jesus sums up the law and the prophets by saying, love God and love others. Um, I don't think American Christians would be quick to use the words fear and obedience. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We, we, get, we get weird about that. We think, well, I, I don't want to be afraid of God. Um, I, I think sometimes we get confused. Sometimes people will soften it a little bit and say, well, no, 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 it doesn't mean afraid. And they're kind of right because it's not afraid in the same way of like, I want to avoid that thing because I'm so scared of it. Um, but there is something about saying, what do you think is the most decisive thing in your life? Like the thing that can make or break you. That's what you fear. And so if you say, Here, here's, here's the orientation you should have. God is the most decisive thing. And if I got on the wrong side of him, 
if for some reason he, he uh, didn't, wasn't okay with me, then that's the most dangerous place to be. I'm afraid of that. He is the most weighty and important thing. And I want to be in the right place with him. Um, that, that is actually the most important thing to say. He, I'm in his hands. He's not in my hands um, is key. And I think um, when you get to the end of Ecclesiastes and, and he's saying, look, all the things under the sun, they're all like, they're all going to fail you. Like at the end of the day, if you put your hope and, and trust in that, and you think that those are the most important things, not going to go well. But if you think that the thing that's going to make or break you is God, well, then actually you will find that you're okay. You know what I mean? It's not all meaningless. It's not all vapor that just goes away because you've said, no, he's the biggest and most solid thing in my life. And so I think that's, I think that's where the author of Ecclesiastes is going with that. Which is not meaningless, meaningless. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's the, it's the under the sun phrase. If you focus and fear only the things that are under the sun, then it is all meaningless. It's like trying to grasp vapor. But if you ask yourself, when I see God face to face and he's asking me some questions, however you think that's going to play out, the Bible is very clear that we all face judgment. We all see God and answer to him. And you wonder the, what kinds of questions will he ask and what kinds of answers do I want to give? Mm. If, if that future conversation is directing your life now, then that's a good way to live your life probably with very little regret when you get to the other side. Yeah. And maybe even some added enjoyment. It's really interesting that as, as kind of pessimistic as Ecclesiastes is, it'll every once in a while be like, so enjoy life, have a good meal, like be with, be with the people that you love. Like there's the like delight in it. And he's saying, well, it's not going to satisfy you ultimately, but if you got God, then those things can suddenly become a really enjoyable, good thing that when you've got them, savor the most out of them, you know? So there's there's something counterintuitive about not putting your hope in those things that actually makes them more enjoyable and more of a blessing in your life, you know? Because you're not looking to them, yeah, you're not, not looking to them to be something they can't be. Yes. It's not the right? end all So the all. when we went around at our community group last night and the the prayer prompt was to just thank God for things you enjoy. And we just kept going around the circle and it was just really fun to just listen to everybody. Uh, so like for me and my wife, it's putting a fire in the fireplace on a cold day and just sitting on the couch. And that is just really enjoyable. And it, as crazy as it would sound to say, like that is what I try to find meaning in. Yeah. But some people do, right? Like if, if you have the mentality that I work Monday through Friday just to get to the weekend and enjoy the weekend, yep. now all of a sudden I need that Saturday afternoon by the fireplace to be something more than it could ever be. Yes. Yeah. You're, and, yeah. You get, and you get angry or depressed or whatever when it's taken from you right. for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That's really good. All right, let's talk about uh, one of the M's in comma. Let's talk about message. So as we look at this, uh, if you were going to sum up from one of your observations, uh, kind of a, a big idea in a sentence, uh, what would it be? I, I mean, it's obvious, guys. Like that. I mean, to me, it's obvious in verse 13 that fear God and keep his commands. I don't know what else to say about this passage. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like the text itself summarizes it, itself. It does. Like, this, that's the message. <laughs> so, so, you, so you're just going to go with that? Well, for me, that was the biggest thing that I picked up on. Yeah. It, and I think it's, it's the remembering thing. So I think of um, back in the Old Testament, right? Like if you remember in the book of Judges, it says that the people forgot God. And because they forgot him, then they, they like, their lives went sideways. They sinned and they, and they got far from him. 
I think what Ecclesiastes is saying, if you remember God, you will fear him and you will live for him. And so to me, if, if, I, if I'm going to, you know, pick something different than verse 13, it would be for, to, to remember, remember, to remember the God, to remember the Lord. Remember God. I'm not being pressured into picking anything different. If the ex, if the ex, if the exercise of message is to try to summarize in one or two sentences your reading for the day, like what is God saying to me in today's reading? Well, the author himself <laughs> says, "Here is the conclusion this of little, the matter." This little pithy little message right there. Here is the conclusion of the matter: Fear God and obey His commandments. So that <laughs> is my do. message, and Clayton cannot talk me out of it. All right, I won't. I won't talk you out of it. It's really hard to argue with that one. Um, <laughs> what did I'll, you get, Clayton? <laughs> okay, well, I would. I would go with that one probably, but um, I. I think the at the top of the chapter that all that before, before, before stuff. I think the um, the urgency of saying while you still can, like rem- like um, like uh, put the focus on God while you still can. Get your priorities straight while you still can. Um, grab onto what matters and what truly has meaning while you still can. Um, I think that um, let the fleetingness that Ecclesiastes has talked about for this whole book put a point on on the urgency of that. All right, let's do let's do meditation. Here's here's what we'll do. Um, since this is the conclusion of the matter, we're going to use that as uh, for 45 seconds to spend some time praying about uh, that verse there um, and talking to God. Say, what does this have to do with me? How, how do you want to speak to me from this? Uh, so, 45 seconds for this verse. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. All right, let's talk about the A in comma, which is application. What are we going to do? Ooh, I was wondering when it would come. Wow, I thought we were going to get through a whole episode It came late in this episode, but that sound means that it is time for your comma tip of the week. Sometimes an application jumps right out at you. It just hits. Your mind knows it and your heart knows it. Other times, a few moments of prayerful thinking is important, and that's why the M for meditation is an important part of the comma method. And this has been your comma tip of the week. Nice. <laughs> Ding, there we go. Um, so let's talk about it. Application. What are you going to do in response to this passage? For me, uh, if I'm going off the message of fearing God and keeping his commandments, or if it's remembering uh, God throughout the course of my day, I think it points to the same thing as when I'm speaking, when I'm acting, when I'm doing something is making sure that I'm running it through that filter of uh, does this fall in line with God's commandments? Am I, am I fearing him in this moment? Am I honoring him or am I honoring myself? Like, which one is it? And I think you just kind of have to go through that self-evaluation. I think it's gonna, it takes practice at first to just keep being mindful to ask yourself that question and run it through that filter. But I think before you know it, it just becomes something that you naturally do without even realizing it. 
I think my application, uh, when I think about the the fact that the you got to do this before, you know, you know, remember your creator before all of this comes. Um, I think it's a, a good practice every once in a while to set aside some time and take a take a step back and look at your life and say, all right, if I'm looking honestly at my life, where are the priorities? What are the things that I'm focusing on? What is the thing that I'm chasing after here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, periodically I'll do this. I'll set aside half a day or a day or whatever to kind of look at things and say, am I? Are the efforts I'm putting in? Are the things that I'm doing? really chasing after the things that God has for me? Is this really putting God first? Um, and kind of a personal retreat kind of thing. So I think putting one of those on the calendar is uh, an application for me. Mm, a personal retreat. Mm-hmm. Are there Christmas decorations at your personal retreat location? Well, it depends on if I do it after Thanksgiving <laughs> or before. There, there it is. <laughs> uh, I think my application today is based on the question, When? So fear God and obey his commandments. And if you ask the question, well, when? The answer is now. Not, not to take the commands of Jesus and say, I'll do that tomorrow. Drag your feet. Like maybe it's just a nice suggestion, right? From the king of the universe. When, when, when should I obey? Now, today. Today is the day to do stuff. So uh, if I'm dragging my feet on anything, to just go ahead and get it done. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us this week. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy reading schedule. And in the meantime, if you're not following along, you can go to BibleSavvy.com to download it and start. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.